Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader, I'm in Portland, Oregon. It's that Sunday night kind of vibe. Uh, I have great news, listener. Great, great news. We're all here. Listen. Can you believe it? I uh, No idea when the last time we had the four, the gang. Here we are, here we are. The OG. It's love. the times of your life. Ah. Uh, Michael Samuelson, you've been you've been pretty consistent recently, so congratulations to you for that. Um, how is Minneapolis treating you? I'm I'm nothing if not consistent, Dan. It's my mo. I'm <laughs> steady as they come. Uh, Minneapolis was great, is great. Uh, I guess was I was actually away from Minneapolis for a few days. Uh, I was in some of your guys' uh, favorite state, the state of Wisconsin. Uh, little cabin weekend with a few a uh, few listeners, which. Supposed to go to the Boundary Waters this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, climate change was not cooperating. Fires, Boundary Waters, Boundary Waters shut down. But we uh, we had a nice little audible, little cabin weekend. A lot of yard games, some cards, some beers. Just just a nice time. Just did Wisconsin. You, sounds, just did Wisconsin. You play, yeah. Did you play washers? We didn't play washers. We, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean... If we'd played washers, it wouldn't have been it would have been fair for the rest of the competition. It was just would have been me wiping the floor. And instead I mostly got the floor wiped with myself. Uh me and Nate turns out are not very good at this little frisbee game. Uh and Jeff Swick and Carson are very good. So that's how it goes. The frisbee game with this the is it the post and the beer? Uh kinda like that, but it's it's got a little uh cylinder and you throw the frisbee and then your partner tries to whack it into the cylinder. Oh, can jam. Oh, uh, I played that one too. Can jam, exactly, Colin. Your boy though was the only person who threw it directly into the cylinder and he did it twice. So yeah, I'm a big game player. I'm I'm the J.R. Smith of Can Jam, if you will. Yeah, but <laughs> wait, did you mean it though? J.R. Smith already getting a mention. Did, did I mean of course it? I I mean I tried to do that literally every time and I did it maybe two out of two hundred, but it's still a much higher percentage than everyone else. His accuracy is good, but his precision is not. Is that what, or is it the other way? Neither other way. Other one way. or the other. Other way. Around. Other way. Yeah. Other way. I think. Uh, I think actually both accuracy and precision are pretty poor, to be honest. <laughs> but if you straight canned it more than anybody else, that gives you the, uh, you know, two most precise throws. Say. Yeah, I mean, relative yeah. to these other, you know, bimbos. Sure, but you know, not Bebos, not Bebos. not in the larger state of science. Ryan Palmer, how is your yard game uh, going these days? Non-existent, non-existent. God, that is a but, shame. You know, I I one can dream, and I'm I'm already thinking about and visualizing playing this game, uh, and I can't wait to eventually play this. Maybe in the year 2040. So it's gonna be great. I was I was out there with with two dads, one multiple dad. Uh, so you know it can be done. It's all about priorities. I know you're. You're right. You're right. A, I, a man can dream. A dad can dream. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Someday. Someday. Don't stop believing. Welcome back. Yeah. How's the swamp? It's good to be back. Uh, missed a couple of pods uh, in the defensive transition of our household. We have switched from a deep lying <laughs> zone to a pressing man to man defense on parenting. I like it. And our opposition, you know has not taken this lightly. We, the press has been 
very intense recently. Uh, but it's What's, working out. It's working out. We're playing good defense. But it's just that's it's, it's all, it's all about dictating the, the pace of play. Yeah, it, that's it, on them. They, they hey, they flooded the zone. That's not your fault. Yeah, it takes a different level of fitness. That's all I'll say. We're What's really adjusting to that Bielsa fitness. Are you? Regime. Would you say you're playing out of the back or just kind of kick and rush? Uh, c- completely kick and rush. Just whatever, whatever we'll do at the moment. Just get it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna, of, I was uh, gonna, I was gonna ask what's your counterattacking strategy, but uh, it sounds like you're you just park, parking the bus. Oh, <laughs> we're we're trying to get on the front foot, but uh, you know we're thoroughly outclassed. Let's lot, just say that we're a lot of hearts and mouths uh, in the Smith household right now. Yeah. yeah. Have Have you discovered stinky and dirty yet? Uh, stinky and dirty has been rejected. Uh, by my son. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, I won't get into all the the children's videos we watch on YouTube because that's a deep, deep rabbit hole. That <laughs> well, well, that's on our other podcast. Yeah. Uh, when you realize that all of the parenting rules are unattainable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> weekly. Yeah. When you realize that screen time is the best time. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that's it. Stinky that's and it. dirty would be a great name for a parenting podcast. it would be it would be um i've got a warm-up today it is inspired by a beautiful email we got from uh tommy van wylen uh the younger brother of the multiple dad that i think was referenced previously um tommy says hey thread it was actually hi but you know whatever (laughs) are there any current or former players you can think of that are more the definition of a walking red card than granite shaka (laughs) So the question, yes. of course, then is let's let's do the research. I've done the research, ladies and gentlemen. Please oh, let me great. go. First. I have the list. Please P- let me go first. In the Premier League, in the Premier League, oh, I have Premier the League. eleven. No. I also have uh, the world since two thousand. I <laughs> also looked up the world overall ever, and that's just full of guys you've never heard of. So that's not fun. Are you telling me that like, there used to be a lot more red cards? I'm telling you that Creel Rule uh, is is number two on that list. (laughs) Can I just say that whenever Xhaka gets a red card, an angel gets its wings? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing makes me happier than just opening up the sofa score, seeing Arsenal just got plastered and they got a red card, and then just looking at who got it, and it's Xhaka. Yeah, it's so good. I knew it. I feel so warm inside. Do you even need to look if if Arsenal has a red card? Do you even need to look? Well, I enjoy looking. It's the fun of it. Mm. They had that center back that was was a little bit happy prone for a red card. I mean, uh, I don't know if he's still there. They had David Luiz for a while, who I think right. Maybe might, that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe on this list, I don't know. Um. Okay, so we're gonna go around. Uh, we're gonna let. I don't know if this is even I'm going to declare a winner here. It's just for fun, guys. It's really okay. this is just so, all just So this fun. is only prem players or world? This is what in we? the Premier League. Okay. Uh oh my god, I'm not going to know. Able to so do this. since 92 uh and I believe this is only in the league also just cuz that's the numbers that I I was able to pull up. Uh I've got 11 of them. Okay. And that should be a hint to you, Mike. Uh why would I have 11 here? Why would I have 11? Because like, their each position. Uh, that would be a good hint. That's not the right thing. Because Jaka's right. gotten the twelfth most red cards in Premier League history. Uh, almost that. Not quite. Okay, then I'm really out. Of, do you have a guess? Really, is Jaka your guess? 
Wait, oh. is Mike oh, going first? I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, wait, I, I thought we were guessing who's gotten more red cards than Jaka. Well, no, I've got the 11, the top 11. Okay, so, so Jaka's are, on the list, you're saying. There it is. I pulled up a top 10 list. It's about a year old. Jaka is now into the top 10, so it's now a top 11 list. I there see. There you go. Okay. Let's, let's pick Jaka, my man. Yep. Jaka at number nine. He's got four now in 164 appearances for one every 48 games. He only has four red cards? Sorry. That is One shocking. every 41 games in the Premier League. Maybe yeah. he's got a bunch in Euros yeah. or something. He likes to get on. Europe. He likes to stamp that passport internationally with a little red card on it. <laughs> or a little cup tie. I feel like he might be a cup red kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Palmer, who else loves a red card? Can I? I, I feel like... I'm. I don't know. I don't think he's played in the Premier League, but I feel like he <laughs> he's probably just gotten red carded in the Premier League, and the answer to this question is a walking red card is Pepe. So this is the other thing I looked up. This is world red cards since 2000. Pepe is about 24th on that list with 12 in his career. So he's definitely. Nice. I mean, he's a. He's on that list. He's just he's like on that he, list. he hits home runs when he gets red cards, you know. Yeah, and he hits a lot of home runs. They're dirty and violent. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a Premier League player that gets a lot of red cards other than Jaka or Pepe. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, John Terry seems like an asshole. He's played for a long time. I feel like he's got to have some red cards. Certified asshole, not on this list. Yeah. <laughs> Very friendly with referees. <laughs> Actually, that part of what makes him an asshole probably is he's one of those guys. This, hate a, those guys. this is a hard. This is a hard because you have to think. Like, I like these this guys. Thing. I like yeah. this because so Jacques is on this list and he only has how many red cards? Four. 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 But like, everyone else, everyone else has considerably more games. You've heard of all but maybe two of these guys. Oh, I want to change my guess, but. Um, I'll keep it. Go ahead. We're just we're here for fun. We're here for fun. Give me a name. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he's in those. He's in uh, uh, Lock, Stock, Great and Two guess. Smoking Barrels. He played for Wimbledon. Vinnie Jones, number yeah. two. Yeah. Congratulations. There we go. Great guess. He was one every thirty-one games. Wow, that is impressive. Uh, at least one a year. That's just wonderful just stuff from Vinnie Jones. Off the charts. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Shaka's uh, one every forty-one, so just outside of one per season. Colin, who else loves a red? Uh, this is like a a Vinnie Jones-like player. I don't know if he actually has that many red cards, but Lee Cattermole. Ooh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's number eight. Wow, he's got seven, one every thirty-nine games. Lee Cattermole. That was actually the name where I was like, oh, this will be a fun one because you get to think about guys like Lee Cattermole. Like Lee Cattermole, yeah. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Sunderland Mikey. I'm going to go with uh, Richard Dunn. Yeah, that was on my, that was my other one. Not on here. What? Oh, come on. Yeah. I feel like he's one year he got like four red cards in a single year. <laughs> he, I think he's the own goals. Uh, oh, maybe that's what it is. Too. Definitely own goals. Uh, I don't know if I can look up quickly how many he has. Wikipedia doesn't list it. They just give goals and appearances for every season, not red cards. It's terrible. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, uh, I Because he karate kicked a fan, I feel like that counts for at least five red cards. Eric Cantona. 
Nope, not Damn. on here. I, I, I just want to say that... Days suspended would be a fun category. Uh, your, list, your list and Wikipedia aren't driving because Wikipedia says he got his eighth red card, Richard Dunn, in January 2009. In the Premier League? His eighth Premier League red card. Anyway, this is a okay. great list. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it's from. Uh, yeah, you can blame... Uh, the18.com slash en slash soccer entertainment slash lists for this one. They will be hearing from my attorney. (laughs) Can I get uh, Tony Uh, Adams? No. No. Come on. (sighs) There's... uh, Should I just start feeding hints? Yeah, give us some hints. Please, please do. Well, wait. Uh, A lot of Newcastle. Okay. Let my Newcastle. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't Alan know. Alan Shearer? No. Uh, it is an Alan, though. Alan Smith? Yes. <laughs> well done. Did you just guess Smith because that's like uh, an English? <laughs> Alan and it's like Williams? <laughs> I just looked at Colin. I was like, ah. <laughs> Another Newcastle right below him? Uh. I have no idea. Oh, uh, this, John Joe Shelby. This guy got one. John Joe Shelby. Oh, no. no. What about the two guys that, got, nice guess. that fought each other on, on Newcastle? Yep. Oh, That's right. One yeah. of those. Uh, was it Bellamy? Is that his? Was no. That? It's. Um, oh, oh, my God. God. I'm, I can't. I, I can't. I, I know that remember. they. Did they both what, get a red like card Leon for fighting or each something? other? Leon somebody or something? I don't know. I'm not going to get it. Uh. Joey Barton, I think, is uh, one of those guys. That's a and good he's one. on this list. Joey B. Man, that's, Joey a, B. that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. There's an Everton legend here. Come on, Colin. Is Dunk on that list? Big Dunk on the list? Yep. Yeah. Big Dunk. One every 34 games. Yeah, solid. Wow. Uh, United hard, hard man center back. Oh, right. Oh, no. Not Got all of his red cards trying to defend uh, Fernando Torres. Nemanja Vidic. Oh, Vidic? Vidic, yep. Uh, uh, the Newcastle players who fought each other are Lee Boyer and Kieran Dyer. But Oh, okay. Uh, I Barton did that I was that thinking Lee Boyer. They... He probably fought somebody else. Probably not in the game, though. Joey Barton did most of his fights out in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Arsenal and Manchester United. Um, sorry, Arsenal and Manchester City midfielder. Vieira, uh, Frenchman, towering. Patrick Vieira with mm. eight. Wow, really? I wouldn't have guessed him. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, he come. He like definitely has a reputation of being grab, a classy yeah. kind of player. I mean, so you wouldn't. He's the yeah yeah opposite Roy Keane. Oh yeah, is Roy, Roy Keane, Keane not Roy on there? Anyone next to Roy Keane looks looks friendly. There's no way Roy uh, Keane didn't get a bunch of red cards. I'm very concerned about not this, on this list. list. Take it up with uh, 18.com. <laughs> uh, it's going to get harder from there. Number one is a guy named John Hartson, uh, who had six in 155 appearances for once every 26 games. I assume that most of those came for Wimbledon in like the 98, 99, 99, 2000 season. Yeah, that Wimbledon. I feel like Wimbledon. Dude. Yeah. Not a nice team, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's like a um, slap shot, but in England. 
Eunice Kabul. Oh, oh really? Kabul. For for Spurs yeah. and like Watford. Yeah. Six in one ninety-seven. Wow. And uh, a guy named Frank Quedru, Quedru, something like that. Frank probably. So that's your Premier League. There's some really great international players that are also walking red cards. Anyone want to jump well, in? Sergio Ramos. Ramos. Oh, Ramos. The number yeah. one. Yeah. 26 career red cards. Just wonderful. Incredible. Uh, a guy we really hate on this podcast, and I think Mike specifically hates, is number two on the world since 2000 list. Who you hate, Mike? Zlatan? A, a very sh- that was Zlatan? Zlatan's on the list, but not uh, not number two. Zlatan had 13, and that puts him something like 15th. Who does Mike really hate? Yeah, I don't know. Played for New York Red Bulls for like half a season? Oh, Rafa? Rafa Marquez. Uh, Do I really hate Rafa? I thought you did. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. maybe Under the right circumstances, I can hate a lot of soccer players. Maybe There's an American on this. There's an American Uh, on the list? Jeff Cameron uh, on the world list. Jeff Agus. No. 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 Um Bocanegra. No. Alexi Lawless. <laughs> no. He's still getting red carded. He should be. Yep. He should be getting red carded. Suspend that man. Um Claudio Reyna. Jermaine Jones. Oh, JJJ. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Never afraid to pick up a red card. Uh, other fun names on the world list. Ricardo Quaresma, Philippe Mexis, Danny Alves, Mascherano. Oh, yeah. Mascherano. Yeah. Danny Alves, that's kind of a surprising one. Where's uh, where's, yeah. where's Nigel DeYoung? Alves is a little bit uh, hot-headed, if you will. Apparently Nigel so. DeYoung, not on this list. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Although so, his, anyway. his most Dang famous tag... He didn't, didn't get, get a red card. Uh, yeah. Red card didn't, didn't even get a foul called? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Fair. So, Tommy, there there are some players that are equally the definition of a walking red card. Granit Xhaka, though, definitely. In terms of uh, active players, right in there. He is. Yeah, right there's a lot there. of people who had to walk so Granit Xhaka can run. Yeah. <laughs> it's just He's so fu- wild that he only has four red cards where you feel like it's like every other game he's getting a red card. So it's either we have to we have a problem with this website or uh well first of all they, I noticed that Dan's website is cl- clearly doing rate stats. It's like one per blank. Yeah. Right. You, right, right, that's right. the ordering. But right. uh, Oh yeah, it's right. It's right. That's right. Um I would also say like maybe there's just been a lot of Granite Xhaka tackles where it was like, ooh, that's a orange card and he did, he got away with it. Yeah. We we talked right. all week about whether it should have been red. Yeah. Yeah. It's also possible that these are only straight reds and not double yellows. Yeah. Uh Shaka has five straight reds in his entire career, so four of them in the Premier League, one in another competition, but he's got seven double yellows. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe he feels yeah. like a red card because he just can't control that. He loves to make game. two really bad tackles in a single game, unlike some of these other guys who prefer <laughs> just a single bad tackle. Very prolific. That's right. Uh, he hasn't had a double yellow since he was playing in the Bundesliga in fifteen sixteen, though, actually. Oh. So that doesn't explain it for us. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Anyway, the search the way on red cards. It's just the way he plays. There you go. There you go. All right. I'd say we're warmed up. Mike, what about the emails? As long as there's no cool down, I'm good. <laughs> uh, we got a very brief email from George. He just says, top of the table. Don't have any questions. Just here to brag. But, I mean, George, you know that we record, you know, typically late Sunday evening. Peek behind the curtain. And uh, West Ham, no longer top of the table. No, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess you got to get your emails in a little quicker. I mean, I, you know, I hope that, uh, to be fair, uh, West Ham was a fun team. I mentioned them last week. Um, I hope that George enjoyed his time at the top of the table. But, you know, the cream eventually rises to the top. And, um, you know, that's where we're at right now. West Ham, 10 goals for. Tottenham, 3 goals for. How many goals have they uh, have they given up, though? Yeah. How many corner kicks do they have? <laughs> Bet the I mean, to be fair, West Ham is in second place, tied with giants such as, you know, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Everton. So they're not yeah. in a bad place. But, uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, George, but, you know, not sorry because you're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, which kind of leads on to the next email, which is from Ben Pearson. A uh, team that's not doing great is his arsenal. Uh, and he sent us a little blog post from an Arsenal blog. Uh, and I don't know if you guys read it, but essentially the theme of this, which I think we can get behind, is that in the modern game, no no team's fans are really happy. Uh, you're either you know a Juventus or a Real Madrid or a PSG where your team wins the league and they should win the league and it's just kind of a relief and maybe a, a fleeting happiness. Um, or you're an Arsenal and you're thinking about you know bygone glory or you're in Everton and, you know, maybe you have a few good weeks and then you settle back into, you know, 6th to 12th place. Uh, but his, his thought was basically like, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, basically that's, that's uh, yeah, that's kind of the point. Uh, but, you know, he he basically says, uh, the, the writer of this blog says, like, you know, football, sports fandom is supposed to be escapism. Uh, but even now, like, there's so much sort of moral corruption, it's hard to escape reality through sports and then the sports themselves uh particularly the way world soccer is set up doesn't really lend itself for you know a, a milwaukee bucks feel-good story where you can really really get elated um are there happy supporters out there anywhere uh is soccer actually escapist what are we doing do we need to switch to the parenting podcast sooner than expected we need to jr smith podcast is what we're going to be yes <laughs> I mean, yes, but this is such a silly... This is an email of a fan whose team is currently crashing and there's zero joy in this. So they're like, oh, uh, sports are dumb. Uh, everything is corrupt. This sucks. But if they were in a different place, if they're at top of the league, sports are great. Uh, you know nothing is corrupt everything's great i'm on my way to jupiter this is just like <laughs> looking for something it's like finger pointing but but, like, but even on the way to jupiter i mean we know why you're going to jupiter it's because of the crushing gravity there so you know right. it's coming right exactly the, but i'm happy right now uh we have met this is an email for someone who has hit rock bottom <laughs> and 
it's okay. Of the table. Right. <laughs> but I there's like this is this is this is sports. Sports have always been shitty. And I like this is it's just it's like we don't care about our team because uh, everything else sucks anyway. So we suck. Everything everything sucks. So why do we we shouldn't we shouldn't care about this? But if but it was the thing that go ahead. The thing that Pearson is forgetting here is that he feels like everything sucks, but everyone else in the world is loving this, and Pearson's <laughs> just not seeing it. Like. Everyone else is so happy. This is joy. This is why you are a sports this is fan. Joy. Because every once in a while, right. you get this beautiful moment right. where Arsenal is even shitter than usual. Yep. And they just flip out all the, all the fans. The Arteta I mean, meme of the weird, like, the quit game of Arteta put his hands in his head and then he does it in real life. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, the memes are great. I mean,. Being a, it's a zero sum uh, joy in sports. Yeah. And so, yeah, Pearson, I'm very sorry yeah. that you're at the bottom of it, but that just means somebody else is loving sports right now. And right. Palmer. And, Palmer is that person. And it's Palmer. That's right. <laughs> I'm, in a gr- I'm in a great place. I'm in a great place. <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree. So, I completely agree with that. That's how sports is supposed to be. That's the fun part. It's even more fun if you're like best friends with the person who uh, is on the other side as you. So you can like there's then there's shit talking and, and you know, or if you're good for if you're friends with people who go up and down together with you, like the whole dynamic. I think all that is good and all that is fun. Uh, I agree that. Generally speaking, now this is like conflates two points. One is the like your place in the table thing. Uh, and that's how it's always been. But then there's this other thing about the money and uh, whatever modern football part of it, which I do think take some of the joy out of it quite frankly yeah. like the more you know and the more you understand and the more uh overt like the domination of the game is by these few financial forces the less fun it is for everybody else so psg maybe, like, signed Messi years on ago, a free. it was like less in your face <laughs> like before abramovich it was like kind of less in your face the money part uh and that that allowed you to not think about it so much. But now like with just like social media or whatever, um, maybe just like, I don't know, media in general, media access in general, we know more now than we did 20 years ago about what's driving these things. And we don't like it. It's gross. So that makes us sad. Like that's true. And it makes, it makes us more interested or like have more uh, joy or excitement for more grassroots shit, right? Like Ford Madison or Minnesota women's soccer or whatever these other things are where you can be like, yeah, that's that's what we want soccer to be like. Like, obviously, the level's going to be not as great there, so maybe I'm not going to give up watching the Premier League, but, like, I think that pushes... Your personal investment. Personal yeah. investment, yeah, towards um, uh, San Diego Loyal or, like, whatever it is for you, so... But I, I, but Arsenal, Arsenal spent 130 million pounds. United spent less money to get Varane, Sancho, and hello Cristiano Ronaldo. They spent less money. 
They they spent less money than than Arsenal on I don't know who they bought, right? They invested in young guys. That's fine, whatever. Right? But the complaint here is is money ruining football? Arsenal spent a ton of fucking money and yeah. they're oh, failing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. I that's mean, fun. That's fun to watch. That's yeah, fun to watch. Yeah. That's yeah. literally the, the best part of modern football. But so I think there's the, <laughs> there's also so so like the Arsenal just putting aside Arsenal because like yeah, if Arsenal was better run, they could be they could be a title contender, and that's not because of finances. Like they could it, they could do that. Finances is not what's holding them back. Past, the past Ferguson, post Ferguson era, we've yeah, yeah. reveled in United's failure. Yeah, um, but I do think like there's there's kind of like more defined bands of like teams, uh, and so it's yeah, it's kind of like. You know, maybe the the window of success for you know a lot of teams is kind of narrower. Especially the more at the top you are, the more narrow it is. Whereas you know you could be West Ham and you could realistically come into the season and be like, yeah, we could finish sixth or we could get relegated. Like both of those things seem possible. And so for you know if you're George, you're you're having a great time uh, because you know relegation is you know potentially only a few seasons away. You got to live it up. If you're Arsenal, you know. Before the season, you would have thought relegation's impossible. Uh, now you're kind of second guessing that. But like, so the the chances of of Arsenal actually being successful, I think, are actually like pretty small, which makes it like not that exciting to root for, you know, that club. So let's just roll this straight into a wider prem chat because that's where we are anyway. Soccerthread at gmail dot com. Uh, please give us an email. We love them all. Send them to us. Uh, so. This is my big question, right? There's a lot of stuff going on. There's good stuff. But the big question for me, Arsenal, bottom of the table, no points, no goals. Are they actually Are they actually in trouble in terms of relegation? I mean, where where is their expected finish at this point? Are they top half easily still, Palmer? Are they – I mean, you can't think they're fighting for Champions League, can you? What? No. How much trouble are they actually in? Arsenal will not get relegated. Anyone want socks on this? No. I mean, I think if you, you know, if you just said in the beginning of the season without knowing the schedule, if you just said, oh, you know, Arsenal, they're going to lose at City, they're going to lose home to Chelsea, and also they're going to drop, you know, they're going to lose away to Brentford. Are they going to get relegated? I think we'd be like, no, those results all sound very possible and within, you know, what we expect from Arsenal. It just so happens that they're all happening at the same, you know, in like three weeks in a row. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Like, yeah. it's just, they, and City. from the flip side, like Everton, West Ham, who are, we are both like feeling really good about ourselves. Neither of us have beaten anyone. <laughs> like yeah. we've been like Southampton and whatever Brighton. And that's it. Like we're not good either. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal only uh, three points away from 12th spot right now. So, you know, Things can change very quickly. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying nothing about Spurs because they they've been amazing and they're probably going to win <laughs> the league. So, what? I mean, since you mentioned Spurs, is this just Mourinho winning every game one nothing? Is this like all of his teachings just coming through just a little too late? I listen. He said it last year. Same team, different manager. Right? <laughs> it's, like it's. The the one zero is concerning. We need to score more goals. But No you, you actually don't though. You don't. 
you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Disagree. Uh, I Harry Kane just let one go past him today because he didn't. We don't need that one. Couple, he, couple, he probably should have scored. But I mean, uh, I if you would have told me that we were on nine points, I would, I would also tell you that we were going to win the league. Um, but like this, it's amazing, right? Like, I. To answer Dan's question, Arsenal is not going to get relegated. They're going to finish middle of the table, um, right? Like, everything regresses to the mean. Spurs are going to lose some games. We're going to probably still win the league, but it's going to be close. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's it's three games, right? Like, this is a small sample size. Um, Chelsea is an insanely, uh, insanely good team, uh, you know, City had a, a tough team in, in game week one um, where they had to run into a really good team that's probably going to win the league, and that's Spurs. Uh, and they've handled their business after that, right? Um, but, you know, three games does not make a season. Uh, it's just – it's a lot of fun to imagine, uh, you know, a team like Arsenal in a relegation battle, right? It's really fun to be like, oh, Arsenal has – Norwich next week. That's a relegation six-pointer. Yeah. Right? I mean, I also want to say, because in some ways, Spurs are a team like Arsenal, uh, just in terms of sort of where they are. And so it's fun to imagine Arsenal in a relegation battle. I think we should be very specific here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, The other big news this week. So Tottenham top, Arsenal at the bottom. Manchester United, on an absolute steal, pick up uh, Cristiano Ronaldo back in good player home. good player i've heard of him he's yeah. out of um i think coming from italy plucky yeah is he, plucky is he portuguese kid. or spanish <laughs> brazilian maybe iberian uh cristiano ronaldo coming back for like i i honestly thought it was a joke the transfer fee uh what it's eight million plus add-ons or something it's 15 plus eight yeah 15 plus eight it's like yeah juventus Juventus were so so sunk by his wages that they were giving him away for free. It's the Messi. It's uh, the same as Messi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's back. He's at Manchester United. Uh, Mike, does this make Manchester United a better team? I mean, I I guess in the sense that Ronaldo is still very good, but like he doesn't feel like he's really filling a big hole that they have. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, they've got Falcao, they've got Rashford, they've got um, Martial. Like, all those guys are pretty good at soccer. Uh, all of them are kind of, you know, number nines, which is what Ronaldo is now. But, I don't know, he is like... Did you say Falcao? Ooh. Yeah, isn't he there? You meant Cavani? No, you, Cavani. Cavani. Cavani, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, long long hair, South American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. No, I was... gotcha. Um, but, like, Ronaldo is insanely competitive. Uh, and he is definitely a proven winner. So I would say, like, maybe some of the sort of intangibles there. Uh, but I don't know. It's just, I mean, and it's a great story. Uh, I would have rather seen him go to City, which would have been an infinitely better story. Uh, but, you know, I'll he, take this. What did he do at Juventus? Uh, uh, he, he scored he a lot of goals. the league in goals. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, they had won well, how many leagues yeah. in a row, and then they didn't win the league when he was there. Yeah, so I guess yeah. it's garbage now. now right. Yeah, the thing that I'm worried about this move is that they have so many young attackers. And so what does this do to all of that, 
right? Yeah. yeah you, you can't sit Ronaldo for what you're paying him. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird because, like, United, when they've had this, this same young cadre of attackers and maybe, like, a, a little bit of a half generation before when Jesse Lingard was more in the picture uh, and not Greenwood yet, but they've always had, like, one really old guy who was good uh, but past his prime or, like, super elite but past his prime. So that'd be Zlatan was there. Cavani is, was there last year. Mm-hmm. It's still there. But now it's Ronaldo. But, still like, there. Ronaldo's profile is way higher than those other two guys, obviously, because he's fucking Ronaldo. Um, so those other right. two guys you could, like, kind of, uh, yeah, use as, like, a spot starter or, like, as a sub because they're old. And, but Ronaldo, you can't use as a fucking sub. He is he's fucking Ronaldo. So you, you have to play him, like you're saying. It's kind of weird. I mean, I I do think if you're, you know, Greenwood or Rashford, like maybe you just stand next to Ronaldo every day in training at the gym. You're just following him everywhere. And you're like, okay, this is how I'm going to be world class. I'm just literally going to do everything that this guy does. And maybe, you know, to a certain, like, there's one thing being told what to do. There's another, like, seen it, like, you know, being like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I've been after training for 30 minutes, practicing shots. Oh shit, Ronaldo's still here. He's still practicing. I guess I'll keep practicing. And I think Ronaldo is still, you know, Juventus, they lost a league last year. They'd won 10 leagues in a row before that, and Ronaldo had been part of a couple of those teams. Eventually, they were going to lose. I don't think we can just say, like, oh, Ronaldo's washed now because Juventus lost one league in 10 years. Like, oh. I think he's still, he's still really good. He's still going to score a bunch of goals for them. If you're City or Liverpool and you see Ronaldo in the starting lineup, you, I, you know, I think all those teams would rather see another player. I don't disagree with the. Fa- I mean, I, I'm not saying that Ronaldo is washed. I'm saying that he. And there's nothing wrong with if he is being washed is no. great. We know that. Join, hey Ronaldo. Yeah. Yep. Join the wash club. Get a fucking like fuck the the uh the the abs. Have a couple beers. Allow allow yourself a Pepsi from time to time. It's all we'll good, get you dude. Some new balances. Get, yeah, get on that wash club. It's it's fine. It's great over on this side of the fence. But what I, I'm not saying that he's washed. What I am saying is that he brings a different dynamic to this team, right, where it's it's now the Ronaldo show, right? So how how does that change, you know, uh, someone is going to lose out on playing time, right? Because Ronaldo's not going to be somebody that comes off the bench. He's not going to be... Uh, a role player. He's not going to be a sub, uh, a super sub, right? He's going to be somebody that wants to play 90 minutes. He's going to be somebody that wants to camera on him all the time. So how does that affect the team dynamic? Like who has to make the sacrifices? Uh, is it a, I mean, Martial's already making that sacrifice, but if you think about who's in the starting 11 now, that's, that is successful, right? They're, uh, they're on what? 10 points or uh, seven points or something. Um, you know, is it Mason Greenwood who scored three goals in three games? Is yeah, it, I think it is. Is Right. So how does that affect him? He scored three goals in three games, but now Cristiano Ronaldo, who's 36, is coming in and they're slotting him in right away into the starting 11. Like, what does that do to, the, to, the, to him, to the dynamic? Um, and, you know, is that, is that a good thing, right? Like, does that bring United to the top of the level, to, to the top of the league, where they finished second in the last 
you know, a couple I, of years, does that get them across the line? I don't know. I, if I, mean, does, I, I, I don't think it does, to be honest with you. I think this is where we have to look at Ole and be like, all right, if you're actually a good manager above replacement, you got to figure it out. Like, there's no reason to 100%. me that he shouldn't be able to say, okay, Greenwood's playing great. Also, Ronaldo, very good at soccer. Let's find a way to put them both in the team. I don't care if they're both, you know, your typical number nine players right now. Just figure it out. That's on you, man. And if he can't figure it out, like, he, you know, get somebody who can, or then then I guess, yeah, this Greenwood is... will suffer. But, like, you should be able to, to do that. That's not that hard of a thing in my in my opinion. Wow. This, to me, is a Solskjaer experiment. This is not a Ronaldo experiment for United. This is a Solskjaer experiment. I mean, uh, he's a peer with Ronaldo. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think there's also a part of it which is like if Greenwood sits this year, he's so young, he's so talented, but it's it's fucking Ronaldo. Like it's harder to get mad when you're sitting behind one of the top five players, indisputably one of the top five players to ever play the game. Like you're just going to say, OK, that sucks, but it's a it's an honor to play with this guy. I'll learn Ooh, what I can. I, People talk so much about him, about his work ethic and everything, all that. You're going to say, OK. This isn't what I was hoping for this year, but I can still grow. I can still learn, and it could still be a good experience. I, I mean, I, I think yes, but also, like, you know, Greenwood, you don't get this good without being incredibly competitive. And, like, I think if he's feeling like he's sitting, he's going to want to move. Yeah. He's, yeah. 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 Uh, I think it's a great storyline. I mean, if nothing else, this is wonderful for us. We've got Ronaldo in the Premier League uh, mixing things up at Manchester United. It's just wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, so there you go. Spurs flying, Arsenal on the floor, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's back. Any other Premier League lines we got to hit this week? No, I think we got We got to save room. World Cup qualifying coming up. The U.S. Men's National Team roster was announced. This is a young roster. The other warm-up I wanted to do was... Uh, having you guys trying to bucket the players by age. Uh, this is, I think the second oldest guy in this team is Sebastian Legette, who's 26. Uh, Damn. Tim Ream is whatever Tim Ream is, 30, 32, 33. 24 out of 26 guys on this roster are younger than 26 years old. Uh, it's what everyone wanted. This is it. This is it. We're here. We've got the young guys. The old guys are gone. There's no... Uh, Michael Bradley, there's no Josie Altador, there's no uh, Zardes. This is it. This is the team we wanted. Uh, are you guys excited? Uh, Colin, let's go you. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. Absolutely, I'm excited. I think this team uh, over the summer uh, has shown that they can win games of consequence, right? Um, I think that was the kind of like outstanding thing is like can they actually win? We know they have talent. We know they have, have more talent than previous U.S. men's national team teams. Um, so I'm excited. I, I'm not saying it's going to be all uh, rainbows and unicorns in this qualifying. We will lose on a bumpy pitch in Central America. Absolutely. But, like, am I excited to see it? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see it. And are we going to qualify? Yeah, we are going to qualify. Wow. Wow. There you go. Uh, is there any update on... Pulisic he's had he tested positive for COVID was asymptomatic is in the squad here which I assume means that he's good to go uh, in terms of travel uh, is there any update on that 
I think his, yeah. his quarantine is done, but he still has to do like a negative test to be able to travel. But, you know, seems seems positive. But still, I mean, uh, just like think about even last time when we lost in TNT, like at that point already Pulisic was carrying our team and he was 18 years old, whatever. And now it's like, oh, if Pulisic doesn't go like mm-hmm. who will start on the wing. OK, probably Gio Reyna. Who's on the other wing? I don't know. Probably Brendan Aronson. Maybe Tim Weah. Like, I don't know, but it's going to be fine. Like, we're not going to start right. Ale Bedoya or whatever. Right. Great, great captain yeah. of the Philadelphia Union. But, uh, you know, yeah. the pool is so much deeper. The talent level is so much deeper when you look back four years. So that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm confident because we can lose it, a Pulisic. We can lose a starting keeper, and we just will be fine. It might be, uh, Colin, like what, what you're talking about might just be like recency bias just because of our performances in uh, uh, Confederations League or whatever it was um, and winning the Gold Cup. But like my first thought was when I saw that like Chelsea wasn't going to allow Pulisic to travel, my first thought was, okay, like that's not a big deal. We should be able to, uh, you know, get points against these teams in CONCACAF um, and and be fine, right? Like, he's not – but if, if you said that years ago, that would have been like, oh, my God, like, where is anything uh, for this team going to come from? Like, who's going to pick up that slack? But now it's like, okay, we'll slot someone else in and, and figure it out, right? Like, it's, it's a yeah. big loss, but it's not like, you know, end of our – qualification now you know when we play el salvador and lose then i might have a, a different feeling but um, we'll talk next week right yeah uh so we've got well let's stick on the roster for a minute i guess uh a couple of guys worth mentioning that did make the cut conrad de la fuente is a 20 year old playing in marseille has one cap i believe it is not that was like a friendly the march the March game or something, maybe. Um, he made it in. And then uh, Ricardo Pepe uh, is on the roster. This is a dual national playing at FC Dallas. Has apparently chosen to play for the men, uh, for the Manchester United, for the United <laughs> States of America, uh, not for Al Tree. Uh, anything to say about these guys that maybe they're the surprises of the roster? I mean, I think kind of to the point we were making, it's great that we're just, yeah. Every camp, we just bring in a couple young guys who are, you know, 18 or 20 and see what they can do. And, you know, I feel like we since since Julian Green was called a little trout by Germany, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, we've been talking about the need for just lots of little trouts out there. And I feel like, you know, our trout farm is is finally coming good. And we just have a ton of guys who, you know, yeah, in five years, De La Fuente could be playing for uh, Ford Madison, but he could also be playing for Man City. And he probably will be closer to Man City than Ford Madison. And we've just got a ton of guys who, you know, you can bring them in and you feel like, yeah, they could probably do a job against, uh, you know, El Salvador or Canada or Honduras. No, no disrespect to Ford Madison, by the way. Put some respect yeah. on the name. A little bit. Ford Madison might be playing in the UEFA Champions League in five years. You don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking up the roster now on Wikipedia. The previous things that I said about the ages of these players is absolutely incorrect. All of it. Uh, 
So <laughs> the source that I had for that was another podcast where I was listening to a roster breakdown. Uh, I won't name check them, but uh, it's a young roster. Yeah. The the things that I said were not true. Yeah, cause but it's John still a Brooks young roster. John Brooks, Walker Zimmerman, all of the goalies are 26 or older. So yeah. never mind everything I said. Forget it. Uh, okay, we've got El Salvador away, Canada at home, Honduras away. We talked a little bit about this a uh, few weeks ago. Last time I was on, three weeks ago. Yikes. Um, let's just do quick. Things change. The roster's out. Mike, how many points do you want out of those three? Give me nine points. Give me every single one of those points. Uh, you know, if we get if we get seven, if we get six, uh, even if we get five, not a disaster by any means. But if I look at our team and I look at these other teams, even knowing it's hard as hell to play in El Salvador, it's really hard to play in Honduras, don't care. I just feel like our guys, they have the talent. I think they've shown the mentality. And like now it's really time in really, really difficult circumstances to go out and just be like, yeah, we're going to go out there and just beat El Salvador 2 nothing, and, you know, call it a day. I think I would that, love it. I, I, think, I think that for... I 100% agree with Mike. I think for uh, Burhalter, for this team, um, for moving forward in qualification, you know, the progress of this team, the future of this team, uh, you know, nine points is a big ask. Three wins is a really, really big ask. But I, you have to win, I'm going to say two out of these three games. Have to. Um and you have to draw the other like zero losses cannot what? lose what do you mean you have to just like to keep the momentum going or i think just in general just for the yes for the momentum but also just uh for the team um for just general psyche uh you you cannot lose a game in this set right they've had an insane summer they've been crazy successful they beat probably the A minus team, uh, Mexico team, in the Gold Cup, right? Uh, with a B minus squad, right? Um, and then this is this is it. This is why we're doing the thing. Um, and if we come out and we get five points, uh, I don't know if that is a great look, right? I think that's no losses. You want no losses. I, five I points is no losses. That's fair. I don't want. I don't want any losses, but I like, um, I just, I, I don't think it's a good look. I think it's, it, you know, it start the, the doubt starts to creep in, right? Like we lose these, or we, we draw these games or that, that draw could very easily turn into a loss. Um, you there, this has to be confident. We, we have to keep the momentum going. I mean, I do think this, this round's going to be really interesting because almost none of these guys who are going to be key players have played in meaningful World Cup qualifying games before. And so you've got a lot of guys who are not only super young, but have never played, you know, an away game in San Pedro Sula. And they're not going to know what that's like, you know, until next week or whatever. So I feel like even though I think we should go for nine points, that should be the goal. We should be playing for draws. Like if we get some draws here or even some losses, you know, hopefully we can just kind of chalk that up to like inexperience. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's let's go get some wins. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, don't, I think I don't think so. I think we got nine. So nine points from Mike. I think I heard seven from Palmer. Is is what about where we ended up there? Two wins and no losses. 
Colin? Yeah, I, I'll be more conservative. Actually, I'll say like six is the is the minimum here. But I think that the point here, or like the way I'm thinking about this team being different, is that we have more talent. Yeah, we're young, so we could really like drop a stinker in one of these games. It could be really bad, and we could lose three nil in Honduras. But we're gonna we have so much more goal scoring talent and ability to play that I think we won't draw so many games on the road in CONCACAF. We just won't draw so many games. We'll be able to score goals when we need goals at some points. And that will mean we get more we you know, we lose games and win games where in the past we would have just been happy with draws away. And we would have gotten a lot of draws away. We would, you know, that historically is how we've qualified. So I think we'll be fine, but I think yeah, we will lose one of these games. Yeah. I mean, I think we shouldn't forget also, like, this was a great summer and let's go get all those wins. But we also had a lot of 1-0 wins that were not that convincing. So, you know, to kind of all these points, like if the balls had bounced a little differently, if things had been, you know, quarter inch to the left, quarter inch to the right, as they say in the Mighty Ducks, uh, things could have been very different. So I think a lot of times you don't get those bounces, you know, away to El Salvador, away to, you know, any CONCACAF opponent. So I I, so I would say I'm not changing my – we need nine points, but I would say that we need to judge, like, what are – what do the – like Colin said, the stinkers, right? Uh, I think if we have a, a bad game where we look like shit, we need to at least draw that game. We have to come away with a point. If we have a bad game, look like shit, and lose, then that's when, like – you know the drama starts and here's what i think happens there actually so i think seven points is the right number i think that's what we're going to end up with but i think that draw is going to feel like a loss and this thing that we did all summer where we find that 87th minute goal i think we get that to preserve a tie away uh and that brings us to seven and so we have that stinker but also this late goal thing if that turns into a pattern, if something about the way that we, you know, grind teams down or the subbing patterns, whatever it is, if if it's not just flukes, which I was arguing over the summer that it's just flukes and we can't rely on that, but if there's something about it, uh, it's going to find us some points. And I think it might in this one. Uh, so I think seven is where we're going to end. Uh, I, I have a fun prediction that I want to make, and I'm going to force you guys all in this set of three games, I need a specific prediction from you. Uh, mine is that I wanted it to be that Zach Steffen uh, would give up a howler, but I actually think he might not get to play. So instead, I'm going to say Zach Steffen is embarrassed in this set of three games, either because he doesn't get to play or because when he does see the field, uh, he gives up an absolutely terrible goal. Zach Steffen is embarrassed. <laughs> Here's my prediction. We don't beat Canada. Mm. That is specific. Okay. We can check back on that. At it home. also feels possible. Uh, my prediction is that we will score like exactly five goals. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh um my prediction wait, wait mike can we get any like background what's the thought process how do you see that distributed anything uh i mean dan i'll, I'll send you the models uh i've spent a lot of time thinking about this okay okay we, we right. don't have time to go through this kind of high level computing 
All right. My prediction is that uh, I'm going to go against Dan and his howler. Um, much similar to Spurs, we give up zero goals uh, in this yeah, three-game run. Love it. I, I also have a, another prediction, uh, bonus prediction, if you will, which is that everyone other than Ethan Horvath will play at least one minute in these across these three games. Oh, wow. like that. I love that prediction. I really like that. George Bella will be happy with that prediction. <laughs> uh, excellent. Um, so lots of rotation is what you're saying. These three games, they come thick and fast after a thick and fast weekend uh, in Europe. Lots of travel, lots of rotation. That seems right. Yep. 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 I, I think I think we're going to see like very different lineups, especially in the first two games. Uh, it's very different when you're you know playing away. Uh, you know, midweek after a European or a MLS game compared to like home, you know, you've got a week off against Canada. So that's, that's what I think we're going to see. All right. And then big picture uh, heading into the Ocho here. Uh, no games played that changes on. I don't know when the first games are. I think the U S play on Thursday, uh, 42 points up for grabs. Palmer, how many points? Do the U.S. men's national team end up with after uh, oh you don't God. play yourself? So seven, you play everybody 12 after 14 games. You're, you're going to make me do math, and I don't want to do math. So I'm going to just say 42. They got to win everything. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. I'm too tired. Too tired. I got to eat, and there's a baby that needs to be changed pretty soon. So 42 points. I think they'll qualify if they can hit that. Should be safe. That's That's the goal. Mike, what do you think? Uh, I'll say, man, I I, I want to say like forty five points just to one on Palmer, but it just feels <laughs> feels a little too wild. I'll say I'll say thirty three points. I don't. I feel like there was a line, wasn't there, when it was the hex, and you were like, we needed fourteen or yeah. something like that like to basically get in forty yeah. points, and you don't get 30, relegated. Thirty three seems a little high, doesn't it? But you know. Yeah, 28 is two per, right? So that's like when wins at home and draws away gives you 28. So Where's you your so, um, so I'll take 28, yeah. Sorry, this this just reminds me of um, <laughs> a little, little bit of a tangent here. But uh, our, our the, the soccer coach... How dare you? Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, listeners. You can uh, fast forward about 45 seconds. Uh, the soccer coach at our old uh, college where some of us played uh, sent out an email... Uh, which I didn't receive, but apparently it was sort of like describing like how preseason's going. It's like, oh, we're a little behind with fitness, like learning the style. And then it said, confidence is like good to below average or something like that. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I thought, oh God, I hope, I hope that the players didn't receive this email. It was, it was like average to good. Average to so good, it, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't below average, but I was definitely like, yeah, that's, that's wild. Yeah. I love it. Fitness is lacking. Like, I, are you subtweeting these dudes? They came in fat yeah. in the summer. What's going on? I mean, that's oh, okay. Moving on. <laughs> so funny. All right. Uh, I have no idea how many points. I mean, we've never seen the Ocho. I have no idea how many points it takes to qualify. 42. Uh, say it. 42. Say it. 
I don't know what to say. I've got nothing meaningful to add. I would just be saying a number, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, who else qualifies out of CONCACAF from the Ocho? Uh, Canada, Honduras, El Salvador, United States, Panama, Costa Rica, Mexico, Jamaica. Colin. Uh, so U.S., Mexico are in. And then Canada and Costa Rica are the two that fight for one is going to be auto and one is going to be uh, intercontinental playoffs i'll say canada is in auto i like it mike i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that uh canada have to go through the qualifying the intercontinental qualifying process i think you know they're they're even newer to this than our our young guys are and so i think that they're gonna have you know a lot of games where they're like whoa this grass is is pretty high not used to playing on this uh six inch high grass don't really know what to do here um, so I'm going to say, uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll throw in Honduras. Why not? I don't know. Probably Costa Rica is a safer pick, but you know, who knows? Uh, Costa Rica is down though right now. I feel, I, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of these little, conca- not little, but like kind of mid-level CONCACAF teams are all kind of, uh, the guys who we know are, are past their prime or retired. Palmer, yeah. what do you think? I'm uh, I'm going to say that Canada underperforms. I don't think I think there's a lot of pressure on Canada. I don't even think that they make the play-in qualifying. I'm going to say Costa Rica, and your surprise team is going to be Jamaica. Ooh, come on, you reggae boys! I, I'm changing my pick. I'm, I'm on the Palmer train. You guys, Palmer absolutely took every point I was about to make. Canada, they've just got a whiff of the underperform about them. I think. I mean, I don't know how many CONCACAF games they play, how how CONCACAF hardened they are, uh, but they just feel like they could get CONCACAF pretty hard here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they don't do as well as they're hyped up to, and then I had Jamaica. So I'm just repeating everything that Palmer said. Real so wait, so you guys have Jamaica automatic qualifier, and then who's going? I got I got Costa Rica automatic qualifying and Jamaica okay. doing the, the play-in. I might flip those two, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to put Jamaica as my automatic qualifier. Final answer, and then Canada. Canada in the playing game. Sorry, Costa Rica. Love it. I love the Honduras, the H crest so much. I really want them to qualify, though. It is a good one. I mean, just for that. They've got they've got Andy Nahar back in the squad, uh, coming on off a, a commanding 3-1 victory over the Philadelphia Union last night. Oh. There it is. That's your MLS chat. Uh, that's the run order. What else you got? That's all I we got. We didn't even get on to J.R. Smith. We didn't even. Some of us are wearing the uh, the J.R. Smith classic right now. Yep. <laughs> Just another way that J.R. Smith and I are the same. We both play college golf. This, <laughs> this Zoom is currently being recorded, and it is PG-13. I do not 13. Need, do not want to make it X-rated, so I'll keep my shirt on. <laughs> there it is. Uh, J.R. Smith going back to school is the best thing that's happening in the world right now. It's please, amazing. Please go read about it. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. Yep. That's it. That's all Thanks, I got. Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Thanks Cliff. Cliff. Bye. See you, boys. Bye. Burp, burp, burp.